contemplations before chanting. The Sangha is invited to come back to our breathing so that our collective energy of mindfulness will bring us together as a community, going as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, and transcend the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex. From the depths of
Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is the 20th of May, 2012, and we are in the Meditation Hall Assembly of uh, Stars in the Lower Hamlet to Plum Village. We know that uh, in the teaching of the Buddha, um, when we speak about love, we speak about four uh, elements of uh, true love, namely uh, loving-kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. But the other day, uh, during meditation, they saw that uh, we can add uh, two more elements And um, maybe today we can discuss about these uh, two new elements of true love. But first of all, we have to uh, begin with uh, the Buddha's teaching. Uh, The first element of true love is uh, loving-kindness. Loving-kindness is... um, is a translation of the word Maitri. And we don't know um, exactly the French word to translate loving-kindness. Some have, uh, some people have tried to use the word la bonté aimante. But that is a translation from the English. Loving kindness, and uh, and the other day they saw a word, la uh, bienveillance, la bienveillance. In fact, uh, Maitri, the 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 the, the Sanskrit word, it comes from the root bitra. Uh, it means uh, friend. So it has something to do with friendship. Maitri is friendship, brotherhood. Mitra is friend. Maitri should be translated as friendship. La fraternité, l'amitié. Mitra is a friend. Maitri come from Mitra. And this is the first element of true love. Uh, in Chinese, uh, it translated as uh, Tư. 
And the definition, the classical definition of Maitri is uh, the capacity to offer happiness in uh, friendship, you should be able to offer him or her happiness. And if you make him or her suffer, that's not my dream. It's so clear. And in order to, uh, to, uh, to do so, you have to learn. Sometimes you think that uh, you do that for his happiness, her happiness. But in fact, uh, when you do that to him or to her, they suffer. <laughs> so Maitri is not the willingness to make someone happy. You want to make him happy, to make her happy, but while doing so, you make him or her suffer. You impose your ideas on him or her. You have your own idea of happiness. So to make someone happy, you have to understand, understand the need of that person, the difficulties of that person, the suffering of that person. So understanding is uh, a foundation of love. If you do not understand, you cannot love. The more you try to love, the more you make him or her suffer. So it's not easy. So the willingness to make someone happy is not enough. Now we, we, see, uh, we see fathers trying to make their son happy. <laughs> but the more they try, uh, uh, the more the son, their son suffer. So you have to inquire, to be careful. You have to look deeply into the other person and say, what if I, <laughs> I do this to you that would make you happy or unhappy? You have to shake. And that is why love requires understanding. And in order to understand, you have to listen and to observe, to look deeply. And you can uh, ask the other person to help you to understand. So it is very clear that, uh, that uh, in order to love, you should uh, understand. And in Plumbridge, we say that understanding is the other word for love. If you don't understand, you cannot love. So it may be helpful that you and you ask the other person, Darling, do you think that I understand you enough? If I don't, please help me. So in a relationship, whether between father and son, mother and daughter, partners, That may be important. We need the time in order to look, to listen, and to ask the question as whether we have uh, enough understanding of the other 
situation. But that is not enough. In the Buddhist teaching, before you can love someone, you have to love yourself. If you do not have the capacity to love yourself and make yourself suffer less, to make yourself happy, you will not be. You are not able to to make another person happy. So before asking him or her whether you understand him or her enough, you have to ask yourself, dear myself, do I understand myself enough? And this question is more difficult to ask because we have the impression that we know a lot about ourselves. We know everything about ourselves. That is not true at all. We do not understand ourselves. That is why uh, wise people, both the East and West, they always uh, urge us to try to understand ourselves, connect to our domain, know thyself. And in order to understand ourselves, we have to get the time to look at ourselves, to listen to ourselves to recognize the suffering inside of us, to recognize the difficulties inside of us, and try to understand ourselves. Self-understanding will help us to understand the other person. And that is the teaching of love in in Buddhism. Self-love is the foundation for a love for another person. Self-understanding is the foundation for understanding another person. Everything has to begin with yourself. Uh, So we should not be too eager to bring happiness to us or to the other person. If we don't understand ourselves, if we do not understand the other person, while trying to bring happiness right away may bring the opposite. Take time to listen to look deeply, to understand. And that is why in Plum Village we always say that understanding is love. When you have understood, you already have love. And that is why it's very important to ask the question whether we have understood him or her enough. Have we understood ourselves enough? And in order to understand, you have to practice looking deeply, listening deeply. And that is the act of meditation. To meditate means to have the time to listen and to look. And the energy used in order to look deeply is the energy of mindfulness and concentration. The definition, classical definition of mighty is the capacity to offer happiness. And we know that in order to offer happiness, we have to offer understanding. And then uh, we have uh, karuna, the second element of true love, compassion. 
compassion is uh, is uh, used to translate karuna. But that may be, but that may not be the best word. In English or in French, we may find another um, word. Because the word compassion is composed with the prefix com and passion. It's something like to suffer with that person. To suffer with that person. To share the suffering with him or her. But but karuna is not just that. Karuna is much more than to, to share the suffering. Karuna is the capacity to remove the suffering. To transform the suffering and not just to, to share the suffering. It's like when you go to a doctor, <laughs> and the doctor, do just, the doctor, in order to make you suffer less, he, he share your suffering. Dear patient, I know you suffer, and I suffer a little bit with you. That is not enough for a doctor to do. <laughs> <laughs> doctor has to do more <laughs> to remove the suffering. <laughs> so compassion is not enough for a doctor. The doctor has to do something more than, than to, to understand and to share the suffering. The doctor has to, to be able to, to transform the suffering and to remove the suffering. And that is karuna. Karuna is the capacity to remove suffering to transform the suffering. And when you love someone, you should have the capacity to help him or her suffer less, to bring relief, to transform. And that is an art. And again, if you don't understand the roots of the suffering in him or in her, you cannot do that. You cannot remove. It's like the doctor. If he does not see the cause of the disease, he cannot help you remove the disease. The disease. So again, to love needs to understand. Understanding here is understanding the roots of suffering in the other person. And the lover is like a doctor. <laughs> The lovers should see the suffering, the cause of suffering in the other person in order to help bring a relief. And if you do not understand the cause of your suffering, it may be difficult to recognize the cause of suffering in the other person. So you begin with yourself and try to understand your own suffering first. And then you are wiser. And when you look at the other person, you can easily recognize the suffering in him or in her and the roots of that suffering. And you can do something to help. So karuna 
is the capacity to remove suffering, to transform the suffering in yourself <laughs> and then in the other person. And again, understanding is the ground of, uh, of love, not only of Maitri, but also of Karuna. Mudita is the third element of true love. It uh, it is the capacity to offer joy. And if uh, a relationship that cannot provide joy is not uh, true love. Your presence, your love should bring joy. They can nourish, they can heal. And if you keep making the other person cry all day, that's not uh, true love. So what, what makes love, true love, is the capacity to to bring joy. You bring the spring time. You bring the flowers, the bird songs. You bring elements of joy to him or to her. And this is the same. In order to offer joy, you have to understand that person. You offer only the things that can make him joyful. You should know the real need of that person. And before you do that to him or to her, you have to be able to do that to yourself. You should be nourished by joy. If you don't have joy, you you cannot offer joy to him or her. So in, in Plum Village, we practice in order to provide us with joy. And we learn how to, how to generate a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness, with our in-breath, with our out-breath, with our steps. We have to learn how to wash our dishes with joy. And it is possible to prepare your breakfast with joy. If you have enough understanding and love, and then every moment of uh, breakfast making can be a moment of joy. You can sing along. You can wash your clothes. You can uh, do the dishes in joy. And every step you make brings joy. You have to got understanding enlightenment, awakening, in order for every step you make can bring joy to you. To be alive. To still have a strong feet, to walk, and to touch Mother Earth with all the wonders of life, every step can bring a lot of joy. And we have to learn 
to generate joy and happiness with every step, with every breath. And you can have joy when you brush your teeth. When you, when you have to, 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 to generate joy when you, uh, you open the, the, the water faucet, when you see the water flowing on your fingers, uh, you should feel joyful. And that is possible. Because uh, there are those uh, who live on this planet, and each morning they have to go two, three kilometers in order to fetch some water for cooking, for washing. And you are in your kitchen and you need to make one uh, movement and then water comes to you from high up, high up on the mountains. And if you are aware, if you are mindful, joy is possible. So the practice of knowledge helps you to generate joy and happiness in every moment. You don't need more. You don't need more. You have enough and conditions to be happy in the here and the now. And this is an art of living that uh, that uh, enables you to to generate joy and happiness with every moment of your daily life. And when you have plenty of joy and happiness to nourish yourself, you can have plenty to offer to him or to her. Otherwise, it's not possible to love. And you can devote uh, 24 hours of your day just to love. Just loving, loving yourself, loving the other person, loving us. And then uh, we come to the fourth uh, element of true love, which is uh, upeksha. Upeksha has been translated as equanimity. <coughs> I think the, the next generation of uh, practitioners have to retranslate these four uh, words. We have to look for appropriate words in order to translate. Our generation is already uh, old-fashioned, <laughs> outmoded. Upeksha means uh, inclusiveness, non-discrimination. And this is a very important element of true love. When you are in true love, there is no more separation, no more discrimination. His happiness is your happiness. Your suffering is her suffering. 
you can no longer say that's your problem. No. So in true love, both happiness and suffering are no longer individual matters. You are him, and he is you. There is no discrimination whatsoever. It's like the five fingers of the of the hand. This finger does not suffer of the complex of inferiority. It does not say, "I am so small. I wish I am as big as uh, the thumb." There's no thinking like that. And. Uh, this finger does not have the complex of superiority. I am more important. I am the big brother of you all. You have to obey me now. There is, there is no discrimination at all between the five fingers. That is why there is a perfect, is a perfect collaboration between the five. And happiness, true happiness, is not possible when some discrimination is still there. And that is why in a good relationship you have to behave as uh, like uh, fingers of the same uh, hand. And the suffering of this finger is the suffering of the whole uh, hand. And the well-being of... uh, one finger is the well-being of all, and that is uh, equanimity, non-discrimination. And that is why true love, the teaching of love in the Buddhist tradition is very deep. There is no longer any self, any separate self. There is no complex whatsoever, even the complex of equality. I am equal to you. That is also uh, discrimination, because there are two selves to compare. In France, uh, we have uh, three liberté. Uh, <laughs> Égalité, fraternité. And I like to vote for this fraternité. Fraternité is my tree. But what is the practice in order to bring about fraternité? Different uh, political organizations do not seem to have much uh, fraternity with each other. And egalité, that is good, but according to this teaching, this is also a complex. The complex of superiority is not good. It causes a lot of suffering. In psychotherapy, when you have the complex of inferiority, you are sick. 
you have low self-esteem. And in order for to make to help make make you feel better, they try to help you to remove the complex of uh, inferiority, low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is a sickness. But according to to this practice, this teaching, high self-esteem is also sickness because you consider yourself to be above. And that can make suffering, that can cause suffering also. Not only low self-esteem, but high self-esteem can make unhappiness. And also the complex of equality is also a complex. I am as good as him. And you try to convince you. You do that because you think that you have a separate self. And when you compare the two selves to each other's, you have either the complex of superiority or inferiority or equality. And that is why in the Buddhist teaching and practice, even equality is still a complex. And liberty, freedom, real liberty, real freedom is freedom from all these complexes. If you are still caught in one of the three complexes, you are not completely free. And my five fingers, they are completely free. There is no discrimination at all, whatsoever. There is no comparison. And that is why equanimity, that is why upeksha can be translated as uh, inclusiveness. You do not exclude anyone. And uh, upeksha means also non-discrimination. As far as discrimination is still there, suffering continues. And when you are able to remove uh, discrimination, or suffering goes, uh, cease to exist. The Diamond Sutra is a sutra that helps us um, to remove uh, discrimination. And um, 
the first uh, is a distinction between uh, self and non-self. We are caught by the idea of self. We think we have a self. But meditation helps us to see that there is no self. A flower is made only of non-flower elements. If we remove all non-flower elements, there is no flower left. And that, uh, that is why from the notion of uh, being, We come to the notion of interbeing. Because a flower cannot be by herself alone. A flower cannot say, I am. A flower can say only, I inter-am with all of you. That's much closer to the truth. I inter-am with you. And when I say I am the end, I inter-am with you, I am free from the word I am. I am is something that created a lot of suffering. And uh, meditation has the capacity to help us remove the notion of I am. And we begin by, by looking deeply and say that nothing can be by itself alone. Everything has to interbe with each other. And that is why it's much better to say we inter-are. We inter-are. And that's true. If uh, we are capable to say we inter are, we can reduce uh, our suffering at least 50 or 60 percent already. If the Protestant and the Catholic say we inter are, and then the situation in Northern Ireland will be much better right away. If the Israeli and the Palestinians look deeply into themselves and say, we into R, and then they can remove already at least 60, 70% of the suffering. They, have, they do not have to do anything just to see that we cannot be by ourselves alone. We have to interbe together. You know that uh, the euro is having difficulties. And that is why North America has to worry about the euro because well, the euro is not a problem for Europeans alone. <laughs> everything interes with everything else. And when looking deeply, we see that we inter-are. 
suffering and happiness. So instead, in, instead of trying to punish each other, to eliminate each other, we have to, to try to help each other. So that vision alone can remove more than 50% of suffering already, and you don't have to do anything yet. That's liberation by understanding alone. So in a relationship, if you can see the nature of interbeing between you and the other person, if can you, you can remove uh, discrimination, if you can see that his suffering is your own suffering, and your happiness is his own happiness, well, much suffering has been removed already, and you don't have to say anything to do anything, just to have that vision, that insight of interbeing. To be is impossible. To interbe, that is possible. That is reality. Suppose uh, I practice looking into myself, <clears throat> and I see myself as an organism, and the suffering of the eyes is the suffering of the feet. And the eyes has to see itself in the feet, and the feet have to see themselves in the eyes. The feet should not have a complex of inferiority. Oh, I have to be down there, down here, and the eyes are up there, and the eyes can see things, and I don't see anything. I wish I were not fit. I wish I am. Uh, I, uh, we are. Uh, uh, eyes, so discrimination between eyes and feet, and the eyes can can be caught in the in the complex of superiority. I'm in this position. I can look at the sky. Without me, you cannot do anything. You means the feet and the hand and everything. But if the eyes look back and look and listen deeply, they, they will see that without the feet, they cannot do anything. They cannot move. So it is the feet that have the eyes to go here and there. And uh, if uh, something happens to the feet, the eyes suffer. So, the wisdom of interbeing tell us that the eyes are in the feet and the feet are in the eyes. Without the feet, there is no eyes. Without the eyes, there is no feet. And the feet need the eyes to be. The eyes need the feet to be. So when the eyes see, the feet see. When the eyes, when the feet walk, the eyes walk. And we are, every element is important equally. And there is no discrimination anymore, and there is a very uh, perfect harmony between <clears throat> every part of the body. Imagine there is a complex of superiority and inferiority in every part of our body. 
we become a battlefield and we suffer very much. But in fact, the cells in our body, they operate in such a way that prove that the wisdom of non-discrimination is always possible. And my two fingers, my two hands, they always collaborate in the spirit of non-discrimination. That is why there is harmony, there is happiness, there is well-being in my body because there is no discrimination between cells of the same body, organs of the same body. And you can learn from nature. And biologists can tell us a lot of things. So one poet say, next time, I don't like to be a human being anymore. To be a human being, I suffer so much. Next time, next life, I would like to be a pine tree, standing on a mountain and singing. It's much better than to be a human being. Nguyễn Công Trứ, he said that kiếp sau xin chớ làm người, làm cây thông đứng giữa trời mà réo. Next life, please don't let me to be a human being. I would like to be a pine tree standing and singing in the broad sky. Poor poet, he has suffered of dissemination and so on. And we are very proud to be human beings. As a human being, we can imagine, we can do the planning, we can argue, we can reason. And we think that only man can do that. And this is a kind of discrimination. We think the environment is only matter. And man can produce consciousness. And man is on the top. And that is a, a kind of discrimination. When you con- contemplate uh, the earth and deeply, you see that the earth is not the environment. It's not just the environment. Earth is a mother. Although earth does not have the form of a person, but she is a real mother because she has given birth to many Buddhas, many Bodhisattvas, many saints. Shakyamuni is her son. Jesus Christ is her son. So you cannot say that earth is matter. Our notion that Matter and spirit are the two different things. It's wrong. And in the in the Christian circle, uh, they ask the question whether God is a person or not. If God is not a person, it's very difficult for us to pray to Him. If He is a person, it's easier for us to pray. But if earth uh, if uh, God is not a person, if 
God is impersonal. And then how can we pray to Him every night? But God does not need to be a person, although He can be or she can be a person. On uh, Christmas uh, this uh, this year, last year, we had a Dharma talk uh, with the title, uh, It's Possible That God is a Person. Uh, we meditated on the theme whether God can be a person or not. And you see that the Earth, the planet Earth, as you see, you see, you see her. She's not a person like us. But she is more than a person. We can because can she give she can give birth to persons. And not only persons, she can give birth to many other species, many billions of species. And human beings are just one of the species, and a species that uh, that uh, it was uh, given birth very late in the history of our life. And uh, if we think that uh, only man, humans, can think, can make can make projects. Can, uh, uh, can invent technology and things like that. And we look down on other species on earth, we are wrong. And that is not love. That's discrimination. So we have to look at the planet earth. And many of us have already been able to see earth as a mother. When you pick some cherries, when you, eat, when you ate an apple, you see that is an offering of the earth. And she offers us so many wonderful things like that. You cannot see, you cannot look at the earth as matter. She's more than matter. She's spirit. And we should, should not think that we have more intelligence than Mother Earth. We have mind consciousness, and we think that only man has mind consciousness. And we are very proud that we have the mental consciousness. But mental consciousness is nothing compared to the wisdom of, uh, of, the, of Mother Earth, because she is able to, to create, to, to give birth to many wonderful things. Look at that butterfly. Look at that, uh, 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 a shell of um, uh, look at a caterpillar. Look at the rose. You see how skillful the earth 
is. She is the best mathematician. And when you look at a flower, I look at caterpillar, you see that she is the best mathematician that you have got. You cannot be too proud of your mental consciousness. So the fact that many of us call the planet Earth Mother, it is because we have seen that she is more than, than the environment. She is a spirit. She is a, a Buddha. She is a, a Bodhisattva. And in Buddhism, we call her the Bodhisattva uh, of... Uh, uh, of uh, the refreshing earth, Bhutan Thanh Lương Dia. Thanh Lương means refreshing. Dia means earth. She's a great Bodhisattva. She's the mother of all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And she's so beautiful. So beautiful that we don't want to go anywhere, including the pure land in the West. Uh, the kingdom of God up there. We are not sure that the, king, the kingdom of God or the pure land of the Buddha in the West are more beautiful than, than our Mother Earth. And that is why we want to take refuge in Mother Earth. We want to stay here. And we will go back to Mother Earth and we will be uh, reborn again and again. Whether a human being or a pine tree or a caterpillar or a rose, everything is okay. Everything is beautiful. Don't be afraid. Don't discriminate. I am a human being, but I am at the same time a rose, a squirrel, a rabbit, a caterpillar, in the present moment, I am the whole earth, and Mother Earth is in me. I am very fulfilled. I am ready to to continue in whatever whatever form. And I do not have the complex that humans are higher, are superior than other species, because uh, we are an organism. It's the eyes and the feet. They enter are. There is no complex whatsoever between each part of our body. And that is why our body can be in harmony, can produce uh, well-being. As far as discrimination settles in, suffering begins. And that is the teaching of true love in Buddhism, non-discrimination. And that is why the Diamond Sutra help us remove the notion of self, the notion of man. As something superior to other species. The third uh,
the third uh, notion that the Diamond Sutra helps us to remove is the notion of uh, mortals. living beings. And this is to compare with uh, saints, with Buddhas, with gods. We are only mortals. Why Jesus Christ, Buddha are immortals? And that's not true. (laughs) And when you bow to the Buddha, in a Buddhist tradition. And if you want to have true communion with the Buddha, you have to remove that notion that you are an mortal and Buddha is an immortal. The same thing must be true in Christianity. Before you talk to Jesus, you pray to him, you have to to remove the barrier between you and Jesus. You cannot say, I am a mortal. And Jesus is immortal. If you are only immortal and Jesus is immortal, there is no communication possible. And when Thay was ordained as a novice monk, his teacher showed him how to bow to a Buddha. Before you bow to the Buddha, Matra, you have to remove the barrier between you and the Buddha. You turn your palm and you say, Dear Buddha, you and I, we are both empty of a self. You are made of non-you element, and I am made of non-me element. That is why I see you in me, and I am in you. And before you see the nature of interbeing between you and the Buddha, don't bow, because bowing like that is no effect. So that. The, 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 the inside of interbeing should be there in order for you to bow. You have to see no obstacle, no barrier, no discrimination between you and the Buddha. You are a Buddha. The Buddha is in you. And the Buddha is made of non-Buddha elements, and you are inside the Buddha. And that is the inside of interbeing. And in Brahmalaya, every time we, we touch the earth before Buddhas and Buddhist advice, we always recited that yata to meditate. The one who bows and the one who is bowed to are of uh, um, the nature, their nature is uh, empty. There is no self. There is no discrimination that we are mortals and bowing praying to immortals. You are as you have Buddha nature. You have God inside of you. No complex. And the last uh, notion you have to remove is uh, life span. Life, life span. In the course of time, you think that you are born. 
in one spot and you 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 die sometime later and you will exist only from B to D and before B you did not exist and after D you will not exist so that is the kind of discrimination and you thought that you are caught by the notion of non-being and being you begin to be here and until here and after that you become non-being again and that is a kind of discrimination so so in order to stop suffering to stop fear and despair you have to remove the notion of lifespan remove the notion of birth and death being and non-being and that is meditation and that is why upeksha is true love because true love is devoid of all kind of discrimination including discrimination between self and non-self man and non-man mortal and immortals uh, birth and death someone should write a book on true love <laughs> and tell us all of these things and uh, there's not much time left today so that they can uh, introduce the two more aspects of true love but he can mention <laughs> Trust, confidence, and uh, reverence. And they would like to help the Buddha <laughs> to add two more elements of true love. Of course, uh, these uh, two elements can be found in the four, but to make it more obvious, I have to mention their names. When you love someone, you have to trust. You have to to have confidence. And love without trust is not love yet. And may Allah fully is not enough. You trust that you have Buddhahood in yourself. You trust that you have the whole uh, cosmos. You are made of uh, stars. You have the whole cosmos in you. You contain the kingdom of God in yourself. You have to respect yourself. You have to bow to yourself. We have to get the feeling of old in your, for yourself. And when you look at that person, you see also that she belongs to the kingdom of God. She has the whole kingdom of God in him, in her. She also is made of stars. And she is a wonderful manifestation. She is not uh, something that appears only 
for 100 years. She carries uh, uh, eternity in her. It's like when you look at uh, Mother Earth, you see Mother Earth offer life, life, and many wonders. But looking deeply, you see Father Sun without light provided by the sun. No life could be possible. So looking at Mother Earth, we see the whole cosmos. We see all the stars, and we see the great, the nearest stars, the sun. So we bow to Mother Earth. We know that we can take refuge in her. And we see that we are Mother Earth, and we can take refuge in ourselves. And we are free from birth and death. So that is a kind of trust, that is a kind of reverence that we need. True love cannot be without respect and, and trust. And maybe you can help Thay to explain more about these two elements of true love. 